Welcome, dear listeners, to the fifth episode of MostRocks.com, a media project focused on publishing curated voice casts and audio summaries of investment letters, reports and interviews by well-renowned investors and asset managers. In our fifth episode, we will be featuring the audio summaries of third quarter 2023 quarterly letters by two fantastic fund managers we admire, Alphen Capital Management and Hayden Capital. Before we begin, a quick disclaimer. None of our MostRocks.com summaries or materials is an investment, legal or financial advice, and none of it is a recommendation for purchasing any securities. If you would like us to summarize and record your favorite investment letter or investment call or interview, please reach out to us via our Twitter X handle at twitter.com slash mostrocksweekly. And now let's jump straight to our first quarterly letter audio summary in this episode. Third quarter 2023, quarterly letter by Alphen Capital Management. Published on November 24th, 2023. Short summary of the quarterly letter. In the third quarter 2023 letter, the fund manager focuses on discussing its current long positions in Fairfax Financial Holdings, Burford Capital Limited, KKR, Liberty Broadband Corp., Serata PLC, Process NV, IAC Incorporated, CarMax Incorporated, Enovis Corp., and Ashton Group PLC, as well as in Kingsway Financial Services Incorporated. Fairfax Financial Holdings Limited. Ticker FFH. Fairfax Financial Holdings has been performing robustly, reflecting its strategic investment decisions over the past few years. A key strategy involved liquidating investments at considerable gains to refocus on its insurance sector. Major sales encompassed Resolute Forest for $626 million, Ambridge Partners for $400 million, Pet Insurance Business for $1.4 billion, and ICIC Lombard for $1.7 billion. Parallelly, Fairfax has been investing in insurance entities such as Digit for $154 million, now worth $2.3 billion, Allied World Insurance for $4.9 billion, Gulf Insurance for $860 million, and others. Fairfax implemented astute capital allocations in real estate development with Kennedy Wilson, shipping with Atlas, and short-term bonds. Additionally, the company also invested about approximately $1.9 billion in total return swaps for share buybacks. This strategic approach has substantially expanded and enhanced Fairfax's insurance business, which now generates nearly $30 billion in annual premiums. CEO Prem Watts asserts that the company can provide over $3 billion in operational earnings from its insurance, interest, and dividends channels, not counting any gains from its equity investment portfolios. Burford Capital Limited, ticker BUR. Burford Capital has been identified as an enticing investment case in the portfolio manager's letter. Even though it initially inflicted losses on the fund manager's portfolio, largely because of the notorious short selling attempts by Muddy Waters, the patience to keep the stock combined with buying more shares at lower prices has resulted in a positive turnaround. Burford has effectively responded to all issues raised in the short seller's report, expanded its operations profitably, and secured a major legal victory against Argentina which is worth approximately $16 billion. The legal win entitles Burford to about $6 billion. Although the stock price has recovered significantly from its lows, the portfolio manager remains optimistic that it has the potential for a considerable additional upside. The portfolio manager anticipates that the company will consistently deliver earnings of $1.50 to $2 per share. Applying a 10 times multiple, this would value the company's core operations at $15 per share. Apart from this, it is uncertain whether Burford can fully recover $28 per share from the Argentina case. A negotiated settlement and payment spread over several years could possibly bring about a present value between $5 and $10 per share. Merging $15 per share for the core business with a potential extra over $5 per share from the Argentina case results in a valuation that greatly exceeds the current trading price. 
the fund manager sees Burford as an ideal case of the market not fully appreciating the uncertainty surrounding the investments due to the unknown factors such as total recoverable amount and timing of receipt. However, the fund manager confidently hopes that patients will yield a rewarding outcome. KKR and Co. Incorporated Ticker KKR KKR is a holding that could potentially address future economic obstacles due to its diversified investment instruments. Despite the possible difficulties its classic private equity business could face due to the rising interest environment leading to more expensive debt servicing and potentially lower valuations during business exits, the company's extensive platform and range of investment tools offer a buffer. A key feature of KKR's blueprint is its reliable track record in private credit, boasting over $200 billion in managed assets. KKR displays high confidence in asset-based finance, a market with a worth exceeding $5 trillion. Adding to this is the company's focus on direct lending. The higher interest environment has pressurized banks' balance sheets leading to their decreased presence in the asset-based finance market. Notably, KKR is well-positioned to fill this vacant space thanks to its extensive footprint, valued relationships with insurance firms, and comprehensive service offerings encompassing origination, underwriting of capital markets, among others. The firm's latest acquisition of 40 billion euros of receivables from PayPal underlines this strategy, with the expectation of even more deals in the pipeline. Furthermore, KKR's management displays high confidence in reaching its earnings targets of above $4 in fee-related earnings and above $7 in distributable earnings by 2026. The dependability of this projection provides further support to the fund manager's investment strategy. Liberty Broadband Corporation ticker LBRDK During the third quarter, an infamous carriage dispute took place between Charter and Disney, leading to a temporary blackout of channels like ESPN, ABC, and FX for Charter users. This issue was a result of Charter's decision to challenge rising programming costs and the common practice of bundling less popular channels with more popular ones while still charging a full price. Although bundling and rising content costs have contributed to the growth of over-the-top streaming services in recent years, Charter has been somewhat insulated from these effects due to its low-profit video and its ability to generate high-margin revenue from broadband services. Nonetheless, video continues to play an essential role in the entire package of services Charter provides to its customers and helps retain customers even if it isn't hugely profitable. Eventually, both companies reached a compromise in the dispute. This resolution was viewed by market players as a validation of Charter's strong bargaining position as a distributor of content through its irreplaceable cable assets. Another more significant short-term challenge facing cable operators is fixed wireless, which has captured many new customers in urban areas at the lower end of the market. However, Charter's efforts to expand into rural areas with government subsidies and the rapid growth of its mobile segment should provide ample growth opportunities to counter this threat. At the current free cash flow multiple, the market seems to highly overstate the threat posed by fixed wireless. Serata PLC ticker CRTA In August, Wandisco underwent a rebranding and its name was changed to Serata. After resuming its trading at 50 pence per share in the third quarter, the company saw some profits, but it still played a significant role in dragging down the year-to-date returns. With the new management stepping in, the focus has shifted towards stabilizing its cash flow, establishing more robust governance, and developing an effective sales force. Despite the upheavals in the past year, the overarching investment premise on Serata continues to be the same. The company has 45 patents under its name and state-of-the-art technology. It stands to take advantage of the booming cloud data market. Now backed by a considerably enhanced management team, the company's prospects look promising. The fund manager even acquired additional shares. He perceived these as low-priced call options and was able to lower the break-even price dramatically while keeping additional capital expenditure marginal. Process NV Ticker PRX Process continues to grapple with a stubborn discount to its assets, despite efforts over time to address this issue. Among these actions were steps to simplify the company's structure, including separating Process from its parent Naspers and getting its shares listed in Europe. 
In addition, the company bought back stocks worth $13.7 billion since June 28. However, these initiatives only had temporary effects on the discount issue. Observing the evident dissatisfaction from the market, company chairman Kuz Becker, renowned for helping transform Process and Naspers into a leading global internet investor, took concrete steps by bringing a change at the CEO level. While the fund manager's initial investment argument was built primarily on Process's operational performance, it seems the market appears skeptical about the company's capital allocation approach. This skepticism especially pertains to its practice of selling Tencent shares to finance its assortment of internet companies that are growing rapidly but aren't yet profitable. On the operations front, Tencent has begun to grow its revenue once again, reflecting a renewed focus on capital allocation after facing a few challenging years. Process's e-commerce businesses are also moving steadily towards profitability. The fund manager emphasizes that his investment thesis is more focused on the operational performance of Process's businesses than on playing the discount game. However, the fund manager acknowledges that market concerns exist over Process' decision to finance its fast-growing but currently unprofitable internet firms by selling off Tencent shares. IAC Incorporated Ticker IAC IAC stock valuation has been under pressure due to impending recuperation of Meredith's ad revenue and the requirement of evident progress in boosting Angie by CEO Joe Levin. The company's advertisement platform specifically designed for intent-based marketing is expected to benefit Dash in due course. This innovative mechanism will facilitate targeted advertising for marketers without relying on cookies, especially given Apple's recent ban on them. Angie's revival strategy is reliant on numerous factors, including enhancing user experience for both professionals and consumers, streamlining fixed-price services, promoting liquidity, improving search engine optimization, and enforcing cost-cutting measures. Over time, these focus areas are showing gradual improvement. Further added value is expected from advancements in TuroCare.com and the company's clever investment in MGM. Despite the temporary headwinds, the future of IAC stock seems promising owing to the company's transformative strategies and proactive approach. CarMax Incorporated Ticker KMX The stock price of CarMax hasn't been performing notably in the past years. The business operates in an industry that is quite sensitive to market cycles and has been severely influenced by several factors. The COVID-19 outbreak led to disruptions in supply chains, pushing up the prices of cars. Initially, this fueled an increase in the stock price, but it eventually acted as a burden as affordability became a concern. Furthermore, increment in interest rates made car financing costlier. Additionally, CarMax had to invest more in developing its omni-channel offerings to stay competitive with emerging digital-first firms such as Carvana. Looking back, one could argue that some of these hurdles could have been anticipated and an earlier exit from the investment could have been beneficial. However, the fund manager emphasizes his long-term investment approach and acknowledges that every business will face periods of hardship and economic cycles are inevitable. The crucial question is whether CarMax, with its experienced management, strategic investments, substantial scale, and customer-centric service offerings, is positioned well to maintain its leadership position and return to growth when the market swings in its favor again. The fund manager is willing to maintain the investment for the time being but is closely monitoring the company's progress. Enovis Corporation Ticker ENOV Enovis witnessed little growth post its ESAB Core's spin-off. Surprisingly, ESAB has thrived, attributed to its effective application of the Danaher business system, enhanced margins, product innovation, and ventures into aligned sectors like medical gases. Unlike EESAB which is further along in its Danaher business system journey, Enovis is in the early stages. It's targeting similar margins and returns as ESAB. The company operates in the medical device market, competing with larger firms like Stryker and Smith and & Nephew. Enovis has chosen to focus on the fast-growing extremities within this space. It's strengthening its existing market position in its reverse shoulder line by expanding into its foot and ankle business through bolt-on acquisitions. Further strengthening their distribution capacity, Enovis acquired Mathis and more recently Lima, worth $800 million.
Mathis acquisition stands to aid Enibus entry into the European market. Enibus expects Lima's purchase, a $1 billion revenue reconstructive business, to provide significant cross-selling opportunities and nearly $40 million in cost synergies within 36 months. Lima's orthopedic product portfolio, with high single-digit CAGR over the past decade, has seen promising sales growth. Ashton Group PLC ticker AHT Ashton Group continues to showcase robust performance, particularly in the U.S. market with impressive growth rates in the specialty and general equipment sectors, up to 17% and 14%, respectively. The growth is attributed to significant projects, as well as a continuous shift from equipment ownership towards renting. This development aligns with the current environment with inflation and supply chain issues, which suggests an ongoing structural change. Ashton is growing its presence by opening new locations and conducting strategic acquisitions that are critical for sustained growth. The portfolio manager notes that the company's free cash flow characteristics are particularly attractive in the current economic setting. Moreover, the company's business model has counter-cyclical attributes, positioning it well against potential downturns. Kingsway Financial Services Ticker KFS Kingsway Financial Services was a fresh addition to the portfolio. The company has a tumultuous history, demonstrated by its erratic share price. Initially, its warranty services branch encompassing vehicle, HVAC systems, commercial LED lighting, and refrigeration warranties saw tremendous growth. Yet, weak underwriting standards led to serious losses during 2006-2008, leaving $1 billion in net operating losses. Activist shareholders brought in new management to steady the ship. CEO Fitzgerald has streamlined the business, sold non-core assets, consolidated the balance sheet, and facilitated Kingway's inclusion in the Russell 3000 Index, resurrecting it as an intriguing investment prospect. Today, Kingsway Financial Services operates a couple of divisions, an extended warranty service that generates $20 million annually to fund its search fund accelerator business, an innovative form of private equity. In this model, MBA graduates raise capital to acquire and manage small enterprises. While this model has proven profitable, delivering 35% internal rates of return collectively, it's not without risk, given the inexperience of the graduate operators. Kingsway Financial Services tackles this risk with a three-part strategy, only high-achieving individuals are selected, a strong operational structure is provided for support, and guidance is offered by esteemed advisors. Kingsway has already made a series of successful acquisitions and plans to perform more through internally generated cash flows. Potential upsides for this investment include Kingsway's incremental growth with each acquisition in comparison with Medicon, a similar company trading at a 17 times EBITDA multiple in Germany. However, Kingsway faces challenges due to its smaller size, relatively concentrated investor base, and less liquid shares. Additionally, the recently restructured company's leadership must prioritize capital allocation to maximize returns effectively. The fund manager emphasizes that he sees significant potential in Kingsway's stock. And now let's jump straight to our second quarterly letter audio summary in this episode. Third quarter 2023 quarterly letter by Hayden Capital. Published on November 25, 2023. Short summary of the quarterly letter. The portfolio manager's positive performance in the third quarter of 2023 was largely driven by the fund's Chinese investments. Several of these companies are now trading close to their multi-year highs. The quarterly letter discusses the fund manager's investment in Smart Rent Incorporated Ticker SMRT. Smart Rent Incorporated Ticker SMRT. A few months ago, the fund manager drove to Scottsdale, Arizona to meet with the Smart Rent senior management. This meeting has further reinforced the fund manager's confidence in the ability of smart rent to continue producing significant free cash flow in just a few months. It was coincidental timing as well, since a new short report targeting the company had just come out a few days earlier. During the fund manager's ownership, nearly every single investment has been subject to a short seller report at some point. Most of those companies are still developing, 
and therefore have a higher likelihood of the market misunderstanding their business models. The fund manager believes having short reports can prove beneficial, since it overtly exposes what controversies or concerns the company needs to overcome for the stock to appreciate. In Smart Rent's case, the fund manager thinks the primary concerns revolve around whether they can keep growing the number of units they deployed per quarter and how much of their existing base is from Red Ventures, their original seed investor, promoting the service to their own limited partners. The crux of both of these concerns is the same, that the company won't be able to scale to a large enough customer base to cover their costs and reach profitability. According to the fund manager, what these short proponents are missing is that the slowing unit growth is a conscious strategic decision rather than a negative byproduct of the product's limited appeal. For example, SmartRent has restructured the sales and account management KPIs to give greater emphasis on increasing existing customer lifetime values, getting them to buy add-on products and raising software ARPUs instead of unit growth. This is underpinned by management's laser focus on getting profitable as quickly as possible. For example, sales and marketing per new booked unit have increased from $64 per unit in 2021 to $74 per unit in 2022 to an estimated $93 per unit this year. Obviously, the cost of acquiring new units is increasing. It's a natural fact of the business maturing. Smart Rent already counts 15 of the top 20 real estate owners as customers. Each of these customers own approximately 70,000 units on average. Meanwhile, Smart Rent has another 573 customers who own 5.9 million units between them. This equates to an average 10,000 units each. By definition for smart rent to grow from here, they'll have to penetrate further into this long tail of U.S. real estate owners. The problem is whether selling to a 70,000 unit owner or a 10,000 unit owner, the marketing costs are the same. A sales representative needs to devote around six months to two years of their efforts, launch pilot deployments, multiple meetings, etc. before the owner is usually comfortable signing on for this new product. But this cost is amortized across fewer units for incremental long tail customers. Note, the return on this customer acquisition cost is still highly positive, with smart rent generally earning back their costs less than one year after the contract signed, but it's still more expensive than what it was a few years ago. The low-hanging fruit has already been picked. The other issue is that long-tail owners generally take longer to sign on. In the US, the majority of these smaller owners are still family-run businesses and tend to resist change. Unlike the large institutional owners who are public companies or rights and professionally managed, the smaller owners have multiple conflicts that make them a tougher sell. For example, they tend to care about the upfront capital cost a lot more, given lower access to cheap funding versus institutional owners, even if the project ROIs are highly attractive. They're hesitant to take a large chunk of cash out of their own pocket to make this capital investment. Or they simply don't want to change what's worked so far, and therefore will be resistant to adopting new technology, until they're forced to buy competition. This is why it was smart for Smart Rent to partner with Rent Ventures too. In the fund manager's view, having Red Ventures push the product to their own LPs, who are among the largest real estate owners in the U.S., was arguably what allowed Smart Rent to corner this market in the first place. It got Smart Rent to critical mass, it's the customer relationships and a reliable brand that give them an advantage in this business. The software itself is relatively commoditized, as there are several startups that have a similar product. But the reason why Smart Rent has more units deployed than all the competition combined, is that new customers prefer to go with a solution that the industry thought leaders are using. Just as the old maxim is nobody ever got fired for buying IBM, in this vertical it's nobody ever got fired for buying Smart Rent. In return for originally giving Red Ventures Limited Partners a discount, Smart Rent got the best marketing they could ask for, in return. Companies like UDR and MAA are the industry thought leaders and have been promoting Smart Rent's product at conferences, touting the high returns they're getting by deploying the product on earnings calls, talking about the staff efficiencies achieved, and generally crediting the product for improved profitability. The Red Ventures cross-promotion is a feature, not a bug of this relationship. The shorts point to Red Ventures exiting smart rent stock as a sign that these customer relationships are at risk. But the fact is that the shares weren't sold, 
but rather distributed to their LPs in kind. Rett's venture fund was simply coming up towards the end of its life. These distributions have been going on since two years ago. These LPs are the same customers of Smart Rent and are now direct shareholders. The management has admitted that none of Rett's LPs have canceled or even shown any indication of wanting to leave. In fact, they continue to sign up new units for deployment. Having said all this, the goal of the company is to get to profitability as quickly as possible. And given the rising cost of acquiring new units, it's much easier to achieve this via pricing increases instead. ARPU growth is a far more important lever than unit growth for this reason. Software ARPU has doubled in the last two years, from $2.76 in 2021 to $5.41 this past quarter. This contributed to above 48% operating margin improvement over that time period. What gets the fund manager excited is the rates that new contracts are being signed at. Smart, Rent just reported that new booked units are priced at $9.04 per month, or 67% above the average rates today. These new booked units will be deployed over the next couple of years, while existing contracts will also renew at higher rates and continue to add on new products. This should bring ARPU closer to the new rates over time. The company is also becoming more asset light by working with ADI Global as their primary distributor. This is set to free up at least $20 million of capital for smart rent while putting the new customer sales function on ADI Global, which has a broader marketing reach with smaller real estate owners. Since courting and servicing the long-tail customers has a lower return than the large early adopters, it makes sense for smart rent to partner with a distributor that has the scale and willingness to do so. In addition, Smart Rent also started allowing smaller owners to self-install the product in their units, thereby saving on installation and labor costs. These changes are already having an impact. Just last quarter, the company was able to free up $21 million in working capital. Additionally, Smart Rent stated that this benefit does not take into the ADI global deal, but rather only from improvements in their internal demand forecasting. These changes are significant for a company that has an enterprise value of just $380 million. A few weeks ago, the company officially confirmed that they'll be EBITDA positive in the fourth quarter and plans to generate free cash flow early next year. All considered, it looks like SmartRent is on track to generate $35 million in free cash flow next year and over $50 million in 2025. At those rates, the company would produce 9% to 13% free cash flow yields while growing software revenue at above 25% CAGR in the medium term with 0% historical customer churn. In fact, the fund manager acknowledges that he wouldn't be surprised if the company starts returning a portion of its sizable $210 million cash balance, which forms 36% of its market value to shareholders in the near term. As the company gets closer to being free cash flow positive, there will be less and less incentive to keep such a large cash buffer on the balance sheet. It's possible that shareholders will see a portion of their investment return sooner than expected. This brings us to the end of the fifth episode of our VoiceCast. Thank you for listening to our first episode of MostRocks.com VoiceCast. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and on Twitter X via the handle twitter.com slash mostrocksweekly. Mostrocks.com is a media project focused on publishing curated audio summaries of investment letters, reports, and interviews by well-renowned investors and asset managers. We strive to deliver value to our subscribers and most processes are done manually with diligence and attention to detail. However, we cannot guarantee that our summaries and excerpts are 100% accurate complete. The readers are always recommended to refer to the original sources. None of MostRocks.com summaries or materials is an investment, legal or financial advice, and none of it is a recommendation for purchasing any securities.